Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. It is Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I always want to say 2022 or 2020. I don't know. So me and George are in the F Cube studios with a very special guest. I will let him actually introduce himself because I usually <laughs> always do it. So go ahead, sir. Uh, my name is Caleb Perkins. Um, I've got, uh, I'm the, I guess, founder president of Caleb Perkins Ministries mostly evangelistic i'm also a pastor that's so. awesome where uh, are you pastoring at Sorry. i'm pastoring at the the river family christian center over in waterford ohio i'm actually a staff pastor there the senior pastor is uh pastor dean wagner me and him do a lot of uh co-missions trips together we do a lot in the middle east and southeast asia doing mission uh work out awesome. there so that's awesome been really good mm-hmm. i was gonna say sorry no, you're good. I was going to say, it'd be really weird if your name wasn't Caleb Perkins and you're like, I own Caleb Perkins Ministry, but my name's Hank Garrity. I'd be, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I've never heard a pastor ever own a ministry that had, like, yeah, he owned it, but I, yeah. I bought it from him, so now I own his ministry. It is pretty It is pretty interesting how that goes with trademark. And, and you know what's really funny is that there are three Caleb Perkinses in the United States, and all of them are ministers. Oh, there really? are three. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Are well, you connected really with any of them? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some of their stuff on, on, like, YouTube and stuff. I'm like, Caleb Perkins. I was like, wow, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's cool. It's probably that weird video. for them. And I was like, uh, I guess they can't get my website, but I mean, I'd give them a page. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, uh, you're all cease and desist. That's my name. <laughs> right. <laughs> there can only be one. We must meet at said location and fight it out. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you're in Ohio. Jacob spent some time in Ohio. Yeah. All right. mm-hmm. That's me and him talked about that, like, as all, where, what part, and, like, pretty sure you knew exactly where I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where the Amish are. Oh. Um, yeah. Not really. There's more Amish around there, but, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Indiana has a lot of Amish. I like the Amish. I mean, they built, like, crazy houses. I still always wonder. I'm like, man, I would not. I mean, they're more technical than they used to be, though. Yeah. Yeah. They have certain what's hours really that cool they can use power them. tools. Huh? Yeah, and you know what? What's really cool about the Amish of like southeastern Ohio area is that you can like go out there and see like an entire family raise a barn or build a house together, and it's like, man, you can barely get uh, American families to sit down and have a meal. Yeah, right. You know? Well, so. uh, I don't know if you, John Aldrich, the what's that book? Wild at Heart. Wild and at Heart. A bunch I, of others. Wild at Heart. I've been listening to that like this probably like I listened to it in my dreams because I turned it on and fell asleep. <laughs> but then I but then I, I've been listening to it intentionally, like in the car drives and stuff. And uh my middle daughter was like, What does he mean about just being a man? And I go I was like, Well, there's a difference between girls and guys and he even mentioned it like, hey, girls want to be a part of it. They want to be pursued, but they don't want to mm-hmm. be the final game. They want to go with you in those adventures and stuff like that. And they're like, right. but they're like, but you're a man. You should mm-hmm. want to 
be in the woods. You should want to do things. And I'm like, I've never really thought of that, but there's a lot of times where I'm like, I just want to go outside and throw a rock at that building. I don't know why. Yeah. Like it's like, (laughs) you're like, like, it's in me. Yeah, pretty much. But like, I I must do this. This makes a lot more sense. Like, and he was talking about Jesus and I'm like, man, I haven't thought about that either. That like a lot of times when you see churches, I I'm all, if I ever have a church, I want to have Jesus on the wall with a whip and then the one across from him, like with kids. So it's like, there's, there's, there's two different sides to Jesus. And a lot of people just put the one with, Hey, he's with kids. He's mother Teresa. So when you, when you do the one with the whip though, you're going to have that in the context, not just like Jesus with a whip and then a bunch of kids, right? Yeah. One will be be on one side and one will be on the other side. And I think it'd be funny to have a broken table there. Just like, yeah. And then the scripture that says, (laughs) spare the rod, spoil the child. (laughs) It's under the carpet. If somebody lifts the carpet, it just says that. (laughs) So let's get back on task here. Uh, So Caleb, uh, you grew up where and how, how did you come to follow Christ? And tell us your story, man, because your story is crazy. But yeah, well, it's crazy. Yeah, good. there's a there's a lot of different, uh, I guess, chapters or portions of of my story this far. You know, which I'm sure that there's going to be a lot more uh, portions to it into the future. And I, you know, and I think that that's a, that's important for people to think of their life as more as chapters in a book instead of just like one thing. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I've talked to, I do a lot of discipleship with. Um, with a, a lot of young believers and older believers in it. And there's this common theme that I'm like, man, you got that. It's just, just missing it. And they're looking for like their purpose and they think it's one thing. And they're like, if I can just do this one thing, then God will beam me up to heaven. And I'm like, God wants you to have a continual relationship with him. And your chapter is going to change. Like one yep. season you're doing something, then it's going to move on and then it's going to continue and change. So, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, if you guys think of your lives and what the Lord's done in you from, you know, childhood to where you are now, you know, there's been multiple chapters in in your life that has led you to where you're at right now, you know? Yeah, for sure. So my chapter started with uh, my mom and dad. Uh, both of them were pastors. Uh, I was born in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and then we moved to uh, Eastern Kentucky, and my mom and dad were co-pastors of the church. Uh, they actually turned a, a bar into a church, and that's there was awesome. a, oh, a cool. big revival that happened out there. And um, then uh, I was about nine years old. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was eight. Uh, and then when I was nine years old, which I made one of the TikTok videos um, on uh, on TikTok, and it was kind of one of the ones that went viral. But during this incident, uh, me and my brother were going into the grocery store with my mom, and she said, hey, if you guys are good, then I'll let you guys get, you know, whatever type of candy that you want. And we're like, we're doing this, you know, me and my brother were set because we, we weren't very good kids. OK, like we were the ones that would throw fits into the grocery stores. We're like, you know what? I can be louder than you. Ah, You know, like young boys are. We were really looking for an adventure. So she should have probably just sent us out to the woods to throw rocks at trees. But, um, yeah, so (laughs) we're going through the grocery store and, uh, we get finished and my mom's checking out and she's like, Hey, 
you know, you guys were really good. You can get whatever type of candy that you want. And our favorite type of candy was Lifesavers, the assorted flavor, uh, hard uh, Lifesavers. Yeah. And uh, so we got those and we're checking out. We go out to the car and the groceries are in the front seat of the car. And this is a 1970s Ford Pinto. Like it's it's brown, and uh, the description is more poop brown, or you know, I don't know, some weird nasty. It was a it was a nasty color brown car. So you guys could Google, I pause you, you know, for a 1970s second? 1970s Ford Pinto. That's what it is. Yeah. So Caleb told me this, and I'm not gonna mess up the story or anything. And I go. Did you blow up? Because I know the the Pintos used to like just like somebody hit it, and I'm all, oh man, he's gonna tell you like he got blown out of the car, and he's the only survivor. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. And I was all, because my mom owned a Pinto, and hers caught on fire, and she was like, yeah, that's crazy. They did it was so, it was a thing? Like there were they even yeah. like there was a big lawsuit against Ford because of uh, all the like accidents happening. It was that they knew it. But they figured they would spend less money on on what on lawsuits and stuff than they right. would have on doing the recall on all the vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, and I like, absolutely believe it. I mean, that thing was it was a hazard. <laughs> a a fishbowl on wheels, yeah. an ugly yeah. fishbowl. So wheels. he's he's in the driving turd. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm in the back seat with my brother, and this you know this was before they made you know car seats for kids that are, you know, you didn't see an eight year old in a car seat back then. It was just free for all, you know, you're jumping around and stuff. And all the groceries were in the, in the front passenger seat. So my brother elbows me and he's like, Caleb, the lifesavers are up front. And I'm like, you know, I've always been like mission impossible style. Like I accept this mission. (laughs) Right. So I'm jumping over the front seat. And I'm digging through the bag and I'm looking for these lifesavers. And I didn't realize it, but I put my hand on the doorknob. And as I did, the the door handle ended up falling forward and the door swung open and I went up underneath the car. And my mom ended up running over me, like right over my ribs. My face was smashed down into the ground. And I remember laying on the road and I could see like her breaking, like, and then like I passed out. I ended up. Saw, saw her running towards me. She picked me up. She put me in the car. And then I looked at the top of the ceiling. I passed out again. We get to the emergency room. And, uh, you know, they're, they're the doctors are going frantic. They're like, what happened? And she's like, I ran over him. And they cut my clothes. And they see the tire marks and tracks on my, on my over my chest. And uh, so they, they wheel me into the, uh, like, the operating room where they do, like, the prep emergency stuff. And they're trying to stabilize me. And while they're trying to stabilize me, I got this big white light over my face. And I, it's just like blinding. And it's not like, oh, you saw heaven. Ha! Ah! You know, it was more like <laughs> I felt like McDonald's French fry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then the doctors tried to stabilize me, and I end up flatlining. And my spirit leaves my body. And I'm, I'm sitting in the hospital room, and, like in the drop ceiling, like looking down at them, trying to resuscitate my body. And they're doing this for several minutes. And all I can see is them just doing that. My mom's in the corner and she's just rocking and praying. She's, you know, old school spirit filled woman. So she's just rocking and praying. And um, one of the doctors, they, they all stop. And one of the doctors turns to my mom and he says something, which I assume it's, you know, sorry for your loss type deal 
and they end up walking out of the room. And uh, when they walk out of the room, my mom gets up, she walks over to my body and says, you will live and not die in the name of Jesus and puts her hands on my chest. And my immediately, that's the only thing I could hear. Like I couldn't hear a conversation before that. But then when she said those words, it was like, I heard that my spirit went back into my body. It hit. And my ribs popped out in my face. My face was smashed and like smashed down and it like grew out. So my face grew out, my ribs popped out and I started breathing normal. The doctors rushed back in and they're like, cause they, they can hear all the vital stuff signs. My mom's freaking out and I'm like sitting there coughing and stuff. And they're, they're like, what did you do? What did you do? She's like, I just put my hands and I said, in the name of Jesus, he will live and not die. And uh, they dropped to their knees and they gave their heart to the Lord. And literally when I went in there in critical condition, I ended up walking out two hours later after observation, like clean bill of health, no problems. Wow. That's, (laughs) um, that's amazing. I I wanted to ask that this hearing that story is is incredible. Um, So kind of two things with this, what did that do with your brother's faith? Cause he saw that all of that. He saw you get run over for Mm -hmm. one. And then, what do you say to skeptics? Yeah, well, here's one of the things which is interesting. So watching the comments on TikTok and, and different things, like you'll have all these young kids that don't really, they don't know how it was to be a kid during that time. So I have people that hit the TikToks up and they're like, why wasn't he in a car seat? Why didn't he have his seatbelt on? How can you? How could you open a door and be sucked underneath a car? I'm like, you've never seen a Ford Pinto ever in your life, right? <laughs> You're like, the doors weighed a ton. Yeah. So you know, it, um, to the skeptics, I mean, you know, really, it was it was one of those things, which is really cool because, you know, my mom during that time, she really she was old school. So she was kind of the one that was like, Hey, you know, this was too holy of a thing to just go out and tell. She had, uh, you know, like, uh, I think it was believers voice of victory and like charisma magazine, a couple other or, uh, Mm -hmm. magazines that were trying to hit her up and do, um, interviews with her and newspapers that were trying to get a hold of her about the testimony. And she was like, no, you know, we're not going to do that because she didn't want me to, you know, be exposed at that young age and then people be there, you know, and it's like, what's the rest of his life going to be like? So it was just something that we kept in our family. But uh, yeah, it really marked uh, my brother. I mean, he was, he's 10 months older than me. So he was nine when I was eight. And so he watched the entire thing go down and he was in the room uh, the entire time. And I mean, you know, it's one of those things that uh, it really had us bond together, but Mm -hmm. my brother has a very interesting testimony as well with, um, when he was uh, when he was seven, he was actually born and his leg was actually turned in. Uh, and when uh, we he was seven years old, we were in the middle of this revival in the bar church that uh, my mom and dad were running, <laughs> so and cool. uh, we we're just in in the middle of worship, and his his leg begins to grow straight out, like. They were trying to put him on this brace where they would ratchet it, like for mm-hmm. Gump, you know, the yeah, whole metal yeah. brace thing. And every so often he would have to try and ratchet it to like force his leg to, to pop out and it would never work. And then he just ended up getting healed and the Lord straightened out his leg. Wow. 
So, I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of, a lot of supernatural things in our life at a young age. So it's, it's strengthened us together because we've always been used to people saying, you guys are crazy. That didn't happen or this, that, and the other. And we're just like, whatever. Here's the thing though. I believe, see people, people hear a story like that and they say this, well, he's trying to do this, that, or the other. Hold up. In my faith, I believe 100%. I will stand before Jesus and give an account for every word that I say. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why would I try and mislead someone else, knowing that I would stand before him and give an account for that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so. the other thing that I picked up from you telling the story is that everyone in the room fell to their knees mm-hmm. and accepted Christ. Yeah. That's that's incredible in itself. Cause yeah. I mean, I, I've known, heard other stories, known people that have had stories that there was no explanation other than a miracle. And yeah. the doctor is still like, eh, I don't know. It's probably just a coincidence. It's like, but, right. But they got totally healed and no medical in, intervention. So <laughs> like, <laughs> but I mean, to yeah, see, they, like, I mean, they gave run up over, me, really, you know, yeah, they, you know, they were done. They were like, Hey, the, sorry about your, you know, sorry for your loss. We're walking out. And, uh, you know, there was nothing after that point. And, you know, a lot of people ask, I even had a guy actually hit up, uh, the TikTok today from the video, uh, from that video that I think it's got like 10 million views now, uh, on TikTok. And he was like, you know, this is a beautiful story. I love everything about it, except what about all the other mothers that prayed for their children and they didn't make it? And I'm like, dude, I have no, uh, no reason. Like, what, should I be ashamed that I'm alive? Like, I don't understand where I yeah. go from that. Like, you know, I can't say, well, they made it and they did and they did this. And I'm like, maybe the, the whole reason that I was brought back here in that time was for to see those doctors saved. Who knows what about right. their story? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows where yeah. they're at now? I mean, unless you do, but like, right. Um, uh, like for instance, just to be real, like there's a bunch of aborted babies, like 42 million or some crazy odd number that happened last year. And that doesn't yeah. mean that the baby that did survive was a bad baby. Right. <laughs> like, right. Hey, how dare you? How, how dare you? Yeah. yeah. For being alive. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't you know, make any you, sense. That logic doesn't, you know, it's not really rational, but you know, my, and my thought too is, is that we should always be thankful for what's going on in our life, especially in the chapter that it that's in it, and not look at yeah. those situations as holding us back from a chapter, but let it propel us and launch us forward into what the Lord is wanting to take us into, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. Where, I, do, you, where I, do you want to go with this? No, like, no so, so fast forward a little bit, you... Me and you talked a little bit, and so you went through your teen years. How was that, like, before you went into the, what you went into? Wait, can well, I ask so, one question real quick that has to do with no, the... sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> um, Explicit. Do you have any, con- did you have any contact or after the, with the doctors after that, you know, after them seeing that and coming to faith, um, did you have any contact afterwards with them or did your mom um, or no, just not really okay. um well because it was interesting so the way that the timeline went uh it was there was a 
I mean, you know, and everybody's like, oh man, your life is just so awesome, you know, supernatural, this and that. But my mom and dad actually ended up getting a divorce uh, about a year after that. And my dad stayed back in that area. And then uh, my mom moved back up to Cincinnati. And so that's where we spent uh, the majority of our team years was in Cincinnati with me and my brother and my mom. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I didn't get to just stick around that area that it had happened in to be able to see what happened and different things like that. That would have been cool if I would have been able to, but. Yeah. But then heaven. Crazy. No. Yeah. yeah. It's how did, so yeah. How did that impact your teen years though? I mean, going from something miraculous like that happening and something with your brother miraculously happening and then seeing your parents who are Christ followers leading a revival or, you know, revivals going on in their ministry to them getting divorced. And then, you know, you're living in two different States basically. Yeah. I mean, it it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely challenging and uh, being, you know, young teenage boys and not having, you know, uh, a father there uh, definitely put uh, on a, a, a new uh, level of difficulty. But uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about my mother was her, her resolve and her ability to say, you know, God is your father and Mm -hmm. he will, he will lead you, guide you and direct you. And so from a young age, like my, like positive male role models in my life, like a lot of people say, Oh man, you must've just had just so many positive rope belt. Not really. Not <laughs> most of the male role models in my life were not very positive. So, um, but my mom always led us back to, you know, uh, trusting in the Lord and the Lord being your heavenly father. And I, and I've known a lot of kids who have gone from broken families that have issues with God because they try to relate to God like their earthly father. Yeah. And so they use all of those things to try to attribute to the, you know, the characteristics of God, the father. And, you know, that that's wrong to do because, you know, God's not, not a, you know, an earthly person that he's going to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm going to treat you just like that. You know, that's and, not really justifying to the Lord. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's sure. just our, our human nature trying to and that, put God in our box. That's kind of like, right. I, I was talking about, uh, wild at hearts. I don't know if you've ever read that book or, or not. Uh, but like, it talks about that. Like, Hey, a lot of people do come from, uh, mm. father figures or even their fathers are just not terrible, like not amazing fathers. And then they right. go, well, that's probably how God is. And they're like, he goes, mm. we got to get our heads out of that. Like he goes a lot of times right. and society says, uh, you need to be more relaxed. You can't be a manly man. And I feel like, that's even mm. more now, nowadays, like, like right. now that I'm like sitting back and watching because you don't know who's a guy or who's a girl. Let's just be mm. straightforward and real. And, right. And, and then that's that... causing more disconnects, mis malfunctions and stuff like that. Well, and then you have labels put on men, you know, <clears throat> being masculine or whatever. And the toxic masculinity label. And it's like, what it, because we want to, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what that means really, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah. because if I open a door for you, 
it's not because you're a woman. It's because you're a human and I'm trying, I'm just helping you out. You know, right. I, I can just open the door because you're carrying two kids. Yeah. You know, and, and it'll be, be a guy. I'm going to, yeah. And it, and it's, it doesn't That's matter. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing it for someone like just a fellow human. It doesn't matter. Right. Guy, girl or whatever, but I've had women look at me. I don't need you to hold the door open for me. Just, yeah. Okay, and let it go. <laughs> oh, thanks. Right. I'll close it for you then. There you go. You'd open your and own I door. Think, I think what you have with society is that people they when when you do acts of kindness, they think there are strings attached to it. So they can't just take it for the face value of you're just trying to be genuinely kind to someone else because why would you do that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like right. uh, because of how you're raised, of your Christian worldview. Like <laughs> these are things that you do, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, if if my mom watched me like not open a door for someone, I got my butt busted. Like yeah. that's how that's how we were raised. She was like, "I raised you better than that," right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, what, yeah. what that reminds me of is I don't know if you've seen The Office, but there's an episode where Dwight keeps doing favors for people. And Andy's like, no, 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 I will get the door for you. And so he's, he keeps repaying him the favor because he's like, I don't want to owe you anything, so I'm going to do you a favor. And they keep doing it, right. and Dwight's like, this is so frustrating. I'm trying to do something good for you so you can owe me. And he's like, no. And he goes, i got to make it right right now. And so he's like, I bought you more bagels, so these bagels are yeah. for you. And he's like, oh, my gosh you know what? I will butter your bagel for you. He goes, you know what? I'll toast your bagel for you. And I feel like that's how people think about it. And sometimes you're like, I just want to give you something. I want nothing yeah. in return. Right. Uh, and that's hard for people to understand that. I don't want anything from you. Yeah. And I'm right. not going to go tell people that I did something nice for you either. Yeah. I mean, that's how I am. Like I'll go do things, but I'm not going to go tell other people. Cause you know, when I, read the, the scriptures that say, don't, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I kind of take that seriously. I'd rather get my blessing right. from the Lord than, right. you know, have someone, Oh, you're a really good person. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, I guess so. You know, <laughs> thanks yeah. for my participation. Oh man. <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> so be like, you're ruining my reputation. Don't let nobody know. <laughs> right. Exactly. They'll, they'll like, expect things. Don't tell people I'm nice. <laughs> They're like, usually he sits on the porch and stares at me. I think that guy's crazy. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I just can't That's see funny. in the morning. I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> I'm not looking at anything. <laughs> the coffee's opening my eyes. <laughs> so we, we, you, you have your teenage years with your mom, and she's, yeah. she's basically – for lack of better terms, is she like your, your foundation, like keeping you guys with Christ and stuff? Um, yeah. Can I ask you what happened with your dad? Like in during yeah. this whole time, was he just not a part of this or? Uh, he was, he was not really a part of it. Not that he, you know, turned his back from the Lord. He ended up uh, getting remarried and it was kind of, you know, him uh, living his life doing his thing. So, um, he ended up, you know, continuing to follow after God and things like that. He w wasn't in a pastoral capacity. And honestly, looking back at it, if I was, 
like no being in ministry now looking back i could see how you know they had a lot of signs of ministry burnout and yeah. it and they put way too much on themselves instead of empowering and encouraging the other people that were in in the church and in the fellowship especially during revivals man when you've got a revival going on and yeah. it's like six months every night like that's that's going to burn people out yeah so, yeah for sure so you get to 18 ish or 19 ish and what goes on yeah all right so this is kind of interesting. So in my teen years, uh, there was an evangelist that came through that my mom uh, knew. I, I don't offhand know the name of the person, but um, they were they were praying over over me. And this was me as a young teenager. And they said, I see you and I see your feet going to foreign soils, preaching the gospel and being an evangelist. And, you know, and my mom was like, I received that. You are you still there? Yep. We're yeah, still we're still here. Oh, sorry. It's a poor connection on my end. So oh. sorry about that. No, you um, froze for a second. I was like, <sighs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she received this word, and it was it was a uh, very you know um, she felt that it was a word from the Lord, and you know it's kind of like all right, well you know I've raised I was raised in, in into the church, and I kept doing leadership roles inside of the church as a, as a young uh, teen, and we did lots of different outreaches. Like I preached my first message when uh, to a church when I was 16 years old. Uh, ended up starting a uh, a ministry out at a retirement home when I was 17 years old. I was doing uh, river ministry at uh, 16, 17 years old, where we were going down and we were feeding people that were um, down at the river. And you know, so my life had been a lot about doing ministry and service. Um, after we, we receiving that word. Then, um, you know, the Lord was kind of like leading me and guiding me to go to college. So I ended up going to college uh, when I was 18 and I get married uh, at 18 to my wife, now my wife, you know, and uh, we end up going to college together and I end up uh, finishing the degree out. And as I as I finished the degree out and, and it was actually in psychology because I felt that's where the Lord was leading me. Uh, to go to, which I, I appreciate that. I see why the Lord was setting that up like it was, because after that, I ended up going to, um, I got accepted to Marshall University for the master's program in psychology. And I'm sitting there day one at Marshall University. And the professor is um, going through the syllabus. And as he's going through the syllabus, I hear behind me, you need to go into the army. And it's, it's you know, audibly. So I look behind me and I look at this guy and he's like, uh, I was like, what did you say? And he was like, I didn't say anything to you. Completely different voice. <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs right now. So I was like, why does it ghost? And I'm listening to the professor go through the syllabus again. And uh, then I hear, you need to go into the army. And this time I know it's the Lord. I get up and I run out of that, out of that room. And, uh, so I go, uh, to our apartment and I, and I see my wife, she sees me, I'm like pale white as a ghost. And she's like, what happened? And I was like, God audibly spoke to me. She's like, what did he say? Uh, he said, you need to go into the army. <laughs> and she was like, what? I was like, I know. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it wasn't a desire of mine. It wasn't something that I was like, this would be really cool. You know, I need to go into the military. 
But uh, we prayed and fasted for a week. And during that time, uh, the Lord gave me a vision and I saw all of these like acronym initials and I just started writing them down and I didn't know what they were. Uh, I ended up going to uh, an army recruiter. My wife came back after the fasting praying. She's like, you know, I have peace about this. I think we should do it. It's from the Lord. And I was like, well, I got this vision and I have like these the it, like acronyms of something. I don't know what this is. And, uh, and I'm like, we'll just go with it. We'll test it and see if it's of the Lord. So I'm at the recruiter's office and I'm sitting there talking to him and, uh, I'm like, can you tell me anything about this? And he's like, where'd you get this? And I was like, uh, if I told you, you'd think I was crazy. And he's like, these are actually schools. These are acronyms of schools in the army. And I was like, well, what does it mean? And like, he's looking at it and he's like, well, it means that you want to be a ranger sniper. And I was like, all right, let's do that. And he's like, cause I already had a bachelor's degree, you know? And so he's like, well, you want to be a commission, go in as a commission officer. And I was like, can they be a ranger sniper? And he's like, no, you would have to go enlisted. And I said, well, then I'm going enlisted. And he looked at me and he's like, you're insane. <laughs> and then, and then he tells me, he's like, you know, rangers eat babies. And I was like, what? <laughs> rangers, rangers eat babies. babies. Oh, oh, okay. So he gives me, ends up giving me a ranger contract and I end up going into the army and, uh, I ended up doing serving eight years there, doing uh, six deployments overseas. I was in Iraq once. I was in Afghanistan five times. I ended up, um, you know, becoming an Army Ranger with Third Ranger Battalion, and I was a sniper section leader there. And uh, you know, the Lord was leading me, guiding me, and directing me. And one of the things I want to note at this point in my life in this chapter is that it did not make sense. You know, if the word was you're going to be an evangelist why am I going to the army? And, you know, for those that would be listening to this, you know, just be obedient to where the Lord's leading you because it will make sense in the end. Just one step at a time, one chapter at a time, you know? I love that. What Like you keep saying that like one chapter at a time, really, I, I don't know, that coincides with me. Like, hey, this chapter is closing. There's going to be a new chapter. Yeah. And you may not understand why the heck you're doing it. And you're like, this just feels stupid. Like, cause there's yeah, like, there's I'm been, in Utah right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there, are times, there are definitely times where like, because our job is ridiculously hard and obnoxious where I'm like, I could just be doing something way easier and that, just go home at the, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, now you can, but I sort kind of. of like, like, so, so like me and, me and George were doing the same job, and then I became a supervisor and thinking, hey, this is going to be a lot easier. But there's still a lot of crap that goes on because now, <laughs> instead of 10 kids, I have 20-plus kids that I'm like, oh. And then, like, 8 to 10 adults that you're dealing with that you're like, man, it was easier dealing with 3 adults and 10 kids than, <laughs> than 10 adults and people being babies i don't know but that's really what it comes down to it's like like george gets what i mean and you, you know those do people might listen i really don't care. i'm not calling you all babies i'm just saying there's certain people that are babies and if it's you then maybe change your attitude um, like that's correct that's just that's just out of love nobody likes a baby so yeah um, oh. but like that that means a lot. I mean, 
probably to you too, George. I don't know. You can speak for yourself. But like to me, that means a lot that, hey, just be be complacent and chase, keep chasing after God and trying to seek more yeah. information. And, um, and I think this podcast has helped us a ton like this. And this is definitely a chapter, you know, yeah. for us that we had in the works, like mentally for yeah. a long time, you know, wanting to do something like this and reaching people and, and be able to, I don't know. I always wanted to be on the radio and, and I know yeah. you did too we're doing a podcast and we don't have anyone telling us what to do <laughs> or, or when to do it <laughs> or when to do it. Yeah, so, so that's been cool. Yeah. You know. And it definitely yeah. just like you said, when God's calling you, you need to, you need to just sit in it and have peace in it and just keep seeing where God wants you next. And if you have a spouse, you got to do it together. Yep. Right. Yeah. So. And that was, that was a big thing. You know, people ask me and they say, well, what if your wife disagreed with that? And I said, well, you know, we're one. So, I mean, if she disagreed with it, I mean, then I wouldn't have went into the army. I mean, obviously, but uh, the Lord knew and the Lord was, and I have to trust in her ability to be led by the spirit and to hear God as well. You know, and that's why it's, it's important to be, to not be unequally yoked and to, to have a, a mate that, um, you know, can hear the Lord and is led by the Holy spirit as well. Yeah. So, you know, especially during tough times, like, you know, people say, Oh man, you're, you know, you're a Christian, yada, yada. And it's like, man, you better be tough. You better have some grit about you. If you're going to be a believer, you're going to be a disciple of the Lord. Like I read the Bible and I don't see anywhere in there where there were any like Nancy's, you know what I mean? They, they were tough, dude. I mean, and they were all the time getting ran out of places. They were getting flogged and whipped and beat and shipwrecked and snakes biting them, you know, and that's just Paul. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, yeah, crucified so, upside so, down. That's Peter. Yeah, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord's called us, you know, and He knew that uh, that we would be able to to do it. And it's it's one step at a time, one thing at a time, you know. And um, so, like, just fast forward into into kind of like the next phase of testimony in my four, on my fourth deployment, I'm in Kandahar, Afghanistan, and we just got um, off of a mission. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying, and I'm seeking the Lord. Uh, and I and I hear not like audibly, but in my spirit, you're going to be injured, but not unto death. And immediately, you know, I come I come from a spirit filled background, so you know, if we hear anything that you is even close to Jesus, oh, I did. Right. I found it in the name of Jesus. I'm the head of nothing too. You know, I, I do have a question that I wonder if people asked you ever is yeah. being a ranger. That's usually pretty combative. In, in a way yeah. of you're having to probably do things that most people are saying Christians shouldn't do that. How do you respond mm-hmm. to those people? Because I, I yeah, guarantee with, with people them, are like, you probably killed, they're like, you probably killed somebody. Yeah. How and many so, babies oh, yeah. have you eaten? I'm baby free. <laughs> Oh man, and but, and uh, we're we're not know, trying to ask you like I guess if you killed anybody or anything like that, yeah. but like um, because I know that's usually not what is it. No, you like, can ask good? me. I mean, I, I yeah, I've I've killed a bunch of people. I've shot <laughs> shot them long range, short range, all sorts of ways. I mean, dude, I did uh, six combat deployments overseas as a special operations sniper. 
Um, you know, and I get a lot of people that ask me, you know, my thoughts and, you know, they're like, you're a Christian. How can you do that? And I was like, then you, if you asking me that tells me you have not read the Bible because the God of the old Testament is still the same as he is today. So just because, you know, you see the characteristics of Jesus and it says, oh, well, you're supposed to turn the other cheek, not in combat, not in war. Um, that's a completely different scenario. And even in the Hebrew, you see the difference in thou shalt not murder and and not killing. So there's a ton of killing in the Old Testament, but they were against murder. And so murder is different, uh, which I find interesting that Christians, it's mostly American Christians that have that philosophy ingrained inside of them because they're the, the... non-violent type but i've worked with uh idf israeli defense force man those dudes oh are yeah savvy. those guys are yeah yeah so they they <laughs> believe that god yahweh has you know blessed them to just straight up take people out yeah well i <laughs> yeah so i was a police officer in albuquerque for over four years and uh mm-hmm. i took an israeli uh if a dude or like so whatever they call them, like the main, like Navy seals of their guys. Yeah. And, uh, I'm thinking while, while I'm taking this guy to jail, I bet you he could kill me with a pencil. Like, that's yeah. what I can think of. It's like, this guy is yeah, scary as heck. not worry about it. Yeah. And like, I was like, I, I was like, and he would not uh, care. Like he would, as all, as all, uh, I'm just going to say my partner's name because I'm not going to say his last name, but as all Marcus, this guy could kill us. And he goes, <laughs> luckily there's a cage. I was like, I bet you'd get through it. And he was like, he was like, why, why are you freaking out? I was all, he was really nice to me though. I was all, I took off his handcuffs. I fingerprinted him, but he was super nice. Like he was super nice to me, like really chill. And me and him talked mm-hmm. about Israel and like him and like, I got him in first to the jail. Cause he got DWI. There's nothing I do about yeah. it. was, shift change i took him and then i saw his like israeli like stuff and he was legit like he had like yeah these special passes and all this and i'm like oh this guy's a real deal and like <laughs> i was like and so but like they're awesome like those guys i love those guys like he was i love israel just in general never been there but like just the people there are usually my pretty welcoming but sorry to interrupt your story so you yeah, worked no, with IFA guys and all that. And so, yeah. Yeah. And you know, so when I get people that, you know, especially on TikTok, cause you get a lot of young kids that, you know, they, they hear doctrine and theology from, from man and they don't read the scriptures for themselves. And, you know, it's, it's really them just kind of regurgitating <laughs> what they've heard. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well, that's not even sound exegesis. Like you can't even, you can't even jump, from that one stretch to the next. So you're telling me that they say, do not kill. And then at the next uh, couple uh, chapters over, they're just killing everybody. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. Like, they're out here yeah. just killing everybody. Hide yeah. your kids, hide <laughs> your wife. <laughs> hide them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. So, you know, and I tell people, I get a lot of young people that ask me and they're like, hey, man, you know, uh, what do you think about me going into the service? I'm like, if God called you to go into the service, then 100% go. But if he's not called you, then wait till the Lord leads you and guides you and you can figure out what he wants you to do. Because if you're supposed to, you know, go and be a mechanic or you're supposed to be an accountant or whatever, do that for the Lord. 
and it'll yeah. make sense in the end. You know, I just I want to bring this up now since you were just talking about Israel, and yeah. this is gonna go back to one of your TikToks that I saw today that I just I'm like, oh, I got to do this. So Obadiah. <laughs> Chapter yeah. one. <laughs> so one of his TikToks, he's like, when you're in Bible study and they say turn to the book of Obadiah, and he's just like looking around. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta do this. But that you're talking about like the Israel defense and you know their army, um, and how going back to the old testament that they are, um, Obadiah chapter one, verses fifteen and sixteen say the day is near when I, the Lord, will judge the godless nations as you have done to Israel, so it will be done to you. All your evil deeds will fall back on your own heads. Just as you swallow up my people on my holy mountain, so you and the surrounding nations will swallow the punishment I pour out on you. Yes, you nations will drink and stagger and disappear from history. Disappear from history. <laughs> As though you yeah, had never existed. Pretty, yeah, that's a pretty aggressive book. I really enjoyed that. Just, <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, I, like, I just I love different, that. different, man. No. <laughs> Jesus came to fulfill, uh, not yeah. get rid of the <laughs> law, yeah. but fulfill it. <laughs> But so, yeah, so I, I end up hearing the word, you, you know, you're going to be injured, but not unto death. And so at first I, you know, I bound it and prayed against it. Then the next day I'm in prayer and I hear the same thing again. And my mom taught me, you know, she's like, if you hear something repeated in prayer, she's like, that's like a verily, verily moment. That's a take notice to this. God's trying to tell you something. So then I was like, then I broke the words down. You're going to be injured, but not unto death. And immediately... I remembered Isaiah fifty four seventeen that says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And uh, immediately I realized that there are weapons that are formed against me, but they shall not prosper. Mm-hmm. See, most people read that and they think, that means nothing bad is going to happen to me. No, that means that the enemy, there's a real enemy that's trying to take you out, but it will not prosper. It will not come to fruition. So I was like, okay, you know, and so I'm, I'm praying on this and, I end up making an assault pack and I put all of my uh, letters from home, my Bible, my wedding ring and stuff in it. And I told my sniper buddy, I said, Hey man, uh, I was in prayer and I, I really believe that I'm going to be injured on this deployment. You know, he's trying to be a good friend and he's like, nah, man, you're not, it's going to be okay. I know we've had some close calls already and yada, yada. I was like, no dude, like if I get, if I get injured, you bring this bag to the hospital. And he's like, okay, all right, let's go work out. So we went and did that. And, uh, you know, we went on probably 40 or 50 missions after that. And, you know, we got into some really heavy firefights uh, against a lot of uh, um, Taliban fighters and stuff. And it was just, it it, it was like every one of those, I was in there and I was going, is this it, God? Is this the one? Am I going to eat it? You know, I'm just being real. Right. uh, It never happened. And. We ended up getting uh, getting ready to be stood down because we we're getting ready to go back to the states. Uh, so another platoon came in to to backfill us. So I'm sitting there going, "Well, maybe it was an Isaac, you know. Maybe the Lord was just seeing what I would do if I would fold like a two dollar watch, you know. He's done that in scripture. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm glad I didn't get injured. Praise God, you know. I'm going home. 
And um, the uh, one of the generals come in and he says, hey, <clears throat> we're going to do a simo mission. We need both platoons. We're going to send you guys out uh, to hit these two high value targets at the same time. And at this moment, you know, I didn't even have to, you know, I had the moment to be like, oh, you're going on one last mission. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it was like, all right, just get your stuff ready. So I got all my stuff. We, I get on the Chinook helicopter and we're flying. And as we're flying, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, this is one last mission. This is the last mission of the deployment. And I already thought we were, well, I was stood down. So I was mm -hmm. like, man, this could be it. So I start praying not only for myself, but for the other guys that were with me, that the Lord would protect them, would be with them, would give them peace. And uh, we get out on the target and I'm a sniper. So I get up on top of the roof. I'm the, normally the, you know, the first guy in, I get up on top of the roof and I provide overwatch and, and watch the assault force go in and hit the main target. And, uh, as I'm up there, you know, I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost and they hit the target. They grab the guy. He's still asleep. It's pitch dark. It's 2 a.m., you know, and uh, they literally wake him up and have a picture. And they're like, hey, this is you, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're coming with us. <laughs> and, you know, not a not a shot fired. And so then they're like, hey, we're going to prep for uh, Xville, which is calling the birds to come back and pick us up. And my secondary job as a sniper was to go out with that team to go and secure the landing area that the helicopter was going to come and pick us up at. So I get it down off the roof and I start moving out to this field. And I'm, I'm looking at the, you know, the terrain of the field to see, make sure it's not lopsided to call the bird in and it end up, ends up flipping over. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Whoops. so I, I sit there and I, I end up taking a knee and as I take a knee I kneel on top of a pressure plate IED which is a, a bomb that has two wires on it when you step on it those wires hit and then boom it blows you up into the air so it blew me 20 feet in the air my buddy comes over to me and you know I'm sitting there I'm all disoriented my bell's rung it's like yeah you know all this noise going on and I, my night vision goggles are not working. And I, I keep telling him, I'm like, man, my night vision's not working. He's like, it's because they're in your face. I had my night vision goggles literally blown into my eye sockets. It split my face in half from the top part of my nose down to my teeth. Um, my, uh, the medic came over and he was grabbing my hand. And he started messing with my hand. And I'm like, Doc, what are you doing? He's like, I'm taping your finger to your hand. My index finger on my left hand was blown off except it was hanging on by just a little piece of skin on the underside. And then the three fingers were blown inside of my hand. So he was wrapping that up. It totally blew my clothes off. It burned the entire left side of my body. Um, you know, and then they end up uh, getting me, you know, gurneying me onto the helicopter. It, it lands, they put me on it. And as we're flying, this great piece like comes over me, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, it was the morphine. You're on morphine, you know? And I was like, no, not morphine, man. It was it was a sobering moment that, you know, the God of all the universe so thought of me to let me know that this was going to happen to prepare me for it. And I knew that everything was going to be okay because, you know, yeah. no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So, you know, when the when the surgeon what, who was on the helicopter was like prepping me and he was, you know, already putting a saline lock in me and stuff. And I just kept telling him numbers and he's like, what's these numbers? I was like, that's my wife's phone number. I was like, call her. Well, it ended up being our seventh year anniversary on the day that I got blown up. So it oh, was, geez. uh, she was expecting to hear, Hey, happy anniversary. Instead it was, yeah, your husband just nailed on a bomb. And, um, they, so they get me into the hospital 
the initial reports were that, you know, I was going to be blind, uh, that I would be paralyzed, and that they were going to amputate my left hand. In 14 days, the Lord completely healed my body. Like, I mean, so much so, I stepped off of the aircraft, and I ended up doing two more deployments as a special operations sniper, not skipping a beat. Like, you know, Lord completely, completely did a a complete work in my life. Um, And my wife's testimony is really powerful on that side, because normally if like we're together, she talks about, you know, what she felt during that time. But, Mm and she was, when they gave her that news, they were like, you know, my first sergeant got on the phone with her first before me, you know, because I'm already drugged up. And I'm like, I'm good, babe. I stepped on a bomb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just stepped you know, on like, a little bomb. Yeah, just stepped on a bomb. I'll be all right. So is that yeah. the moment that you decided that you're going to embrace the suck? Uh, yeah, right there. Yep. I, embraced <laughs> I, I embraced it hard, man. <laughs> you know, and that should be the motto of every Christian. Like, embrace the suck. Be like, you will have good times in your life, absolutely, but you, the Lord is not empowering you with the Holy Spirit for you to do nothing. Mm. There is there is a mission, there is an assignment, there are tasks in front of you, and uh, man, some of those things, they're going to be tough. But, you know, God gave us big shoulders, so we move forward. But yeah, man. Is that and uh, yeah, embrace the suck. Is that an army thing? Is that like a yeah? Okay, my brother in law is in the army, and I'm like, I know I've heard him say that because he he had his skull fractured on a tour in Afghanistan. You know, was crossing Mm -hmm. river and went over and had his skull fractured, and um, he was airborne and stuff, so he couldn't he couldn't uh, be airborne after that for a while. So they put him inside a tank um yeah i don't think that did anything good for him but um but he was like he was able to be healed up enough to where he was able to go back airborne again and actually i think he's going to be retiring this year but i like so seeing that behind you i know all our listeners can't see it but you have a, a plaque you have the flag and then next to that it says embrace the suck <laughs> with it it looks like a soldier running on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know and i and i take a lot of what i do in ministry um i take a lot of those principles from the military and so when i see a christian i don't see like you know i see him like a soldier like i didn't mm-hmm. see just like a soldier that was under me as like oh he's a soldier i'm like no you're the future so I'm going to train you. I'm going to, I'm going to help build you and encourage you. And we should be the same way in, in our faith. Uh, when we see those young believers that are around us to be able to encourage them and build them up too, and let yeah. them know, you know, your life's not going to be rainbows and daisies, you know, don't sell them a false bill of goods. You know, the, one of the atrocities that I see a lot of evangelists do is they're like, just come to Jesus. Your life's going to be perfect. And I'm like, uh, what are no, you talking about? No, yeah. Somebody lied to <laughs> like, you. Uh, have you read the Bible, dude? Like, it like, says yeah, you will have coming, trouble. <laughs> yeah. They hated him. They're going to hate you. Like, that's more. They're going to hate for, you, you know? more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, but it's 100% worth it. And that's true. And that's yeah. why we have to embrace the suck, man. And we got to keep moving forward to what the Lord's calling us into. And so you know? when, when your wife got the news, what was mm-hmm. her side of that story? Dude, she immediately started getting everybody that she was connected to back home uh, praying. 
there's probably three or 4,000 people like praying for me at that time. Wow. Even though the, like the news he got was he's going to be blind, paralyzed and amputate his left hand. Like that's bad news, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what was interesting is like, they had already started a medical board process on me whenever I was in the hospital. I had to, I had to do PT tests and I had to undo all of the stuff that they already were starting to do, you know, kind of like how you were talking about, um, the airborne soldier, how they yeah. had to move him to somewhere else. Like they do that for your benefit so that it doesn't hinder your progression. Right. Uh, so I had to over overdo that and then i went on two more deployments as a special operations sniper then and you know i get a lot of people that say well then what was it that stopped you from you know why didn't you just do that as a career and it goes back to kind of how we started this you know it's not just one thing that god has for you to do your life Mm -hmm. is like a book with many chapters be obedient to the holy spirit be led by the holy spirit and as he leads you and guides you do that you know, after uh, my second enlistment was up, the Lord was calling me into ministry. He said, now I want you to go do this. And it wasn't like, hey, now I want you to go to seminary. No, I just, I literally went from uh, special operations soldier into like going and speaking at schools and just telling my story about getting blown up and how the Lord healed me and touched me. Was like He gave me, uh, gave me a testimony that really um, encourages people. It builds up faith. And, uh, and, you know, when we look at our life and we say, okay, well, this is how God's going to do it. And we try to go ahead of God. We, we mess that up. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's just being 100% just relying on him and doing, being okay with whatever it looks like when he's leading you, knowing that, you know, he's a good father and he's going to lead you and guide you exactly how you need to go. You know, like I have a five-year-old daughter and, you know, I know someday she will be driving but I'm not going to give her the keys to my truck and say, have at it. You know, <laughs> this yeah. is a part of your inheritance. You know, uh, I would be a bad father. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> you know, yeah, that so. just made me think my daughter's going to, she's 14 and, and, uh, my wife had her out the other day and she's been begging to just drive around a parking lot. And so my wife let her drive around the parking lot and she took pictures of it and put it on Facebook and, some of our friends were like, nope, nope, too soon. She's not that old yet. Is she really that old? <laughs> yeah, you're I making a film. Take them yep, down. Yep. <laughs> this violates yeah. community guidelines. <laughs> right. They're making you feel old. How do you think I feel? She's my kid. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> yeah, so... And so then after that, um, I ended up getting an invitation, uh, going over to, with the, with my senior pastor over to the Middle East and to Southeast Asia. And we were able to go into, uh, Muslim nations and hold crusades. And, uh, we ended up, uh, preaching at one crusade where there was 170,000 Muslims in attendance and, and over 120,000 people gave their heart to the Lord over, over me just giving my testimony and then just we're praying for people. And we saw so many miracle signs and wonders just happening out of that. And then it, it, it like all started to make sense. And it was like, if I would have tried to do what the Lord was saying when I was in my teen years of running after that word, I would have totally missed what God was trying to do and where he was trying to lead me. Yeah. But you know, when you just say, Lord, Hey, whatever it looks like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm ready for the adventure. I'm strapped in. Let's do this. You know? Yeah. And, uh, for those that would be listening, you know, really, uh, <laughs> another 
key piece of advice I could give them as being a, a follower of, of Jesus is, you know, don't get your identity stuck in inferior things. Like my identity is not being a ranger. It's not being a sniper. It's not being an evangelist. It's not being a pastor. Um, my identity is being a son of God, you know, and yeah. that has to be the key identity because then he can place you at wherever he needs and you're okay with that. You know, and I yeah. see a lot of people that especially if they're in ministry and they're like, man, I was a pastor of this church and now I'm no longer that. Oh, he stepped down. Oh, it's tragic. It's like maybe God's calling him into another chapter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and there's no difference in that because you, you don't put one place over another. If you're doing what the Lord's calling you to do, do that and be yeah. okay with that. And, and, you know, know that in that instant, you know, like, Today, I was changing a wheel bearing out in, in my truck, and then one hour later, I'm sitting there witnessing and evangelizing to my neighbors. It's like, what? Be like, yeah, I went from mechanic to evangelist like that. And it's like yeah. <laughs> being led by the Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. Um, so do you feel that being having been in the Middle East as a soldier and then going, you know, going back there to evangelize, do you think that – give you an advantage like that's really two completely different sides of that you know that coin. of, of yeah, that coin yeah. <laughs> yeah it uh actually me being on the side of actually being deployed over to those areas and then going back and doing ministry i got i was able to see things before like the security team was and different things like that i mean I mean, we had people shooting at us. We had death threats. We They put a $500,000 bounty on me and my senior pastor's head. We had to bounce wow. from house to house because uh, they were hunting, <laughs> wanting to hunt us down and kill us. So I'm like, this is pretty awesome. So, you know. There you go. Embrace it like, suck yep. again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Embrace it for Jesus, man. Just go after it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Your life, your life's an adventure, you know, and it's, it's one chapter at a time, one page at a time. And, you know, just glowing with the Holy spirit as he's leading you, guiding you and directing you, you know, and during 2020, uh, <clears throat> the majority of the places like the places overseas, they all got shut down. I mean, there was no traveling going on. Churches mm -hmm. weren't having evangelists come out anymore and doing things. So, I really turned a lot more towards doing uh, social media stuff. And that's where I picked up the TikToks and doing Facebook lives and things like that. And, you know, you have to be adaptable. Yeah. You have to, you know, just as the Lord leads you, just do it. Just, just do it. You know, don't, don't sit there because the worst thing we can do is sit there when that's why like the embrace the suck motto is so like prevalent in my mind because it's like embrace that, you know, Hey, you're in it. That doesn't mean you sit there and feel sorry for yourself. That means you're like, yes, I can do this. I can yeah. move out of it. You know, it will, time will pass and this will change. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I mean, for us, it basically was embracing the suck because our, our job not only like tripled and quadrupled in hardness and suckiness because not only were we telling kids, hey, you can't go home. Like, they're supposed to go, like, on home visits and see their parents and stuff. We're like, you can't do that. Nope. Uh, also, yeah. you can't go to school because the school <laughs> shut down because everybody has to stay at their houses right now. Also, we're going to be your teachers, which really sucks. <laughs> also, we're not supposed to be hanging out, but we're going to start a podcast, which means that's a lot more work to 
figure out how to do that and plan that. And then right. we're like, let's like me and George talk about, we're like, we had an earthquake, a tornado, a pandemic. A year ago today. Yeah. The a year earthquake. Ago today. <laughs> the earthquake was a year ago today. And, and we're it like, popped up on Facebook. Me and George are like, and then we're like, why don't we just throw a podcast on that? You know, we're not, we're only obnoxiously busy being teachers all of a sudden and therapists and all that. But, you know, let's add to it and do something even crazier and do podcasts on top of that. And, and our wives support and our wives supported us in that yeah. too. They're like, like, yep. Yeah. We're like, really? That's awesome. Yeah. It, it must be God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> did, did my wife hear me right? I'm going to do this podcast. It's going to take a little bit of time every Thursday or Wednesday. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. yeah. You feel led to do that? Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for sure, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, uh, let me read this uh, passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Uh, Verse 9 says, Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And then verse 10 is very fascinating to me, because it just talks about us not having salvation unto works. But then in verse 10 it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I tell people is I'm like, listen, you are not saved by your works. You are saved unto good works. That means now that you are a, a believer in the body of Christ, the Lord has things for you to accomplish. He's already gone before you and already made these good works that you should walk in them. But you get a choice whether or not you engage and you walk in those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when I was in the Army, right? It it was – it. well, before I was in the Army, when I went to the recruiter station, it cost me nothing to go to the recruiter station. It cost me nothing to fill out that contract. But now after I filled out that contract, there was a requirement on me from the United States government into the United States Army that I had to fulfill my obligation to them, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, in the same way as in the body of Christ, you know, the, the salvation is 100% free and it will cost you everything. You have yeah. to die to yourself. You have to give of yourself and you have to be led by the Holy spirit and walk in those good works that God has for you. And that looks like you going beyond your own intellect and your own understanding and how you think it's going to work out and just say, you know what? Yeah, let's do a podcast. Let's go do this. You know? Yep. yep. <laughs> One more sure. thing. Let's do it. Yeah, let's just add to the the chaos. So. And I and I and we've been at this for over a year. We've done that yep. one pretty much every week since then. And we've just been picking up steam, getting better get you know, not I shouldn't say better guests, but getting more guests. Um and it's just been a lot of fun. And I I love that you brought that scripture up um i think i don't know do you have do you have any more (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yeah and definitely whenever you're thinking about uh you know as being believers in the body of christ you know one not setting your identity in inferior things i've seen this so much uh in doing evangelism in churches 
Like there are people when you realize, you know, even if your identity is a doctor, right? You say, yeah. man, your identity is rooted and grounded in that. There will be a day that you're no longer a doctor. You're retired. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and those people go into severe depression. The same way with mothers, when mothers, it's like they're used to being a mother. And now, you know, the kids leave, they get empty nest syndrome. They're depressed by their identities and being a mother. Um, And that's why I encourage, especially at a young age, teaching, you know, teens and young adults to tell them, hey, get your identity rooted and grounded in Christ, being a son or daughter of his. Your purpose, your destiny is to continually seek uh, the Lord's will. And to have the Holy Spirit lead, guide, and direct you for you to walk in those good works that he has for you. And those good works are going to look different, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I you know, I just went and, you know, did a crusade a couple years ago in the Middle East and seen hundreds of thousands of people saved. And then today I'm working on a wheelbarrow and I'm, I'm talking to two people. And I don't honor the crusade over the two people. I see that very significant. And, you know, and you have to place honor in that and say, you know what, Lord, if it just looks like me cleaning the toilets or it looks like me sweeping this, I'm going to do it unto you. And, you know, and that's a very important principle for believers to pick up. It's like everything you do, do that as unto the Lord, because he sees it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. For sure. So at this point, I think this has been a really great podcast. Um, and I love your stories. I'm sure there's much more. I know I would love to have you back on. I know yeah, Jacob sure. would. Um, have you listened to the podcast before? Yeah, I, I heard the the ones you did with uh, Pastor Ethan uh, and Ray. Did you hear okay. all the way <laughs> the to end, the like, end? Did you listen all the way to the end? Yeah. Okay, so, so you know you what's know, happening next. You know what's happening next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so see, Ray didn't know that he didn't get he didn't get the download. See, I already yeah. listened to it. I already knew what was going on. All right, <laughs> so, he's prepared. Yeah, yeah. So if you, you wouldn't want me mind to pray? praying this out yeah. of this podcast, yeah, yeah. Father, right now, Lord, we just we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We thank you for this moment that you've given us to live, breathe, and declare your word. And Father, right now, that we not take one one moment for granted that you've given us. Lord, right now, those that would be listening, Father, I thank you for opening their eyes, opening their spirits, Lord, that they understand and realize that you want to have that relationship with them like never before, that you want to lead them, guide them, and direct them every day of their life, that you're not a God that just says, hey, you just accept me and I'll leave you alone. You're one that wants to be involved in every portion of our life. So Father, right now, we just thank you. That, that those that would be listening, Father, that their identities would not be in inferior things, but their identities would be rooted and grounded in being sons and daughters of yours. So, Lord, right now, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. I just ask for your peace to surround them, Lord, that your, your, your spirit empowers them, that they realize that there is more to their life than just living, paying taxes, and dying, but that, God, you have called them to be spirit-led, and to walk with power and authority to be your ambassadors, and you have called them to do great and mighty things. Let them see the value in those great and mighty things, that the kingdom values these great and mighty things don't look like your your name upon billboards or it in, it in bright lights, but God, that all of heaven is cheering for the for these sons and daughters to come into the kingdom. So Lord, I thank you for those divine appointments that you give the listeners that they take those opportunities, that they seize those moments to give their testimony, to encourage those around them, 
to continue uh, and to run the race that is set before them. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.